Hi everyone, um, today I'm going to talk about Anki, which is a memorization software, and actually this was my original title, and it was a compromise to put a more catchy phrase as the title, don't forget to remember, and the moment we discussed this, what's a catchy phrase, somebody came up with a very different phrase, um, which is a little bit geeky, how to store efficiently in human volatile memory. Yeah. Okay, what's the agenda for today? Um, I'm going to talk briefly about me, then we're going to dive into psychology or neurosciences, and then we will talk about the review function in that sense that's implemented in Anki and we'll consider a very simple custom implementation. And finally, we will talk about the specific details of Anki, Anki Droid and Anki Web. Then we will draw a conclusion. Okay, let's dive into the motivation and about me. Um, I'm digitally known as Meister Luke and I'm a self-employed software developer. Let's get rid of the mouse. I'm a self-employed software developer. You can hire me for Python, Go or Rust. And I've been to Japan one year ago, so I wasn't here. Usually I'm part of the organization team, but last year I spent one year in Japan as an exchange student. And, and Japan is very interesting. You can learn a lot of interesting things. Um, Japan is also very beautiful, especially in um, Hanabi time, so in April. And there is this problem, at least for Europeans like me. Um, I've been raised only with the Latin script, so like German 30 letters and in English only 26. And Japanese script is very different. And I had to struggle with um, studying the script. Okay, so my motivation to consider memorization software was the Japanese script. Um, it's segmented in three parts. Hiragana, that's the most basic one. It's very soft, smooth um, characters, about 45 plus 26, which are just derivatives. And katakana, which is used for foreign words. Um, very similar number of characters. And there is kanji. And kanji is the very famous problem um, to study because the very elementary um, set of kanji, the choyo kanji, um, are standardized with 2136 um, characters. And if you study them, yeah, you might be um, capable of reading an um, um, average news, um, newspaper. And that's also the kanji which is expected from every Japanese student to know at the end of the secondary um, school level, so at the age of about 16. Okay, um, how can we study these 2136 characters? And that was my approach. So I had a book with kanji and that's pretty much it. Here you have the shape of the kanji, and there are a few things associated with that you have to um, study. So first of all, usually this is kind of strange to, 
to the Japanese people, but we have some kind of semantic we study with the kanji. Japanese people are raised with the vocabulary and they just combine, okay, this kanji is used in these different words, but they don't necessarily have a semantic um, explanation for the kanji. But we foreigners study it explicitly with a specific word. Um, second, we also have, or actually that's the first, second, third part, um, we have vocabulary. So these are the vocabulary where the the, this particular um, kanji occurs. And yeah, this is um, spelled out in hiragana, so you know how to pronounce it. And that's just a translation. And usually you just get a phrase and there is some part left out and you have to pick the right vocabulary and insert the kanji in the correct context. And what's also important to, is to study the stroke order. That's kind of vague or debated, let's say debated, because people are lazy and don't want to, to study the stroke order, but it makes sense actually. Complex kanji are built up of radicals, which are kind of like um, basic building blocks, which occur as kanji itself. So once you know some kanji, you will um, put them together in order to create more complex kanji. And if you have the stroke order in correct mind, it makes it makes sense. Um, you can derive how to write more complex kanji, and this is actually yeah an approach which makes sense to some to some extent. Um, but students are often lazy and don't care about the stroke order. Anyhow, finally, and that's the difference to Chinese because in Chinese usually you have one pronunciation, but in Japanese. You have, this is a very specific kanji I picked for that purpose. It has really only one pronunciation, but that's really rare. Usually it has multiple pronunciations. So based on the vocabulary in the specific context, it might be pronounced differently. So that's really uh, annoying to study. Okay, um, with this slide I want to distinguish between recognition and recall. That's very important in the in the um, psychological experiments people do, because recognition is much easier than recall. If you only have something to recognize, humans are very good at this. But if you have to recall, humans are bad at this in general. Because, um, let's say, um, in nature, if there is danger, we, we need to decide very fast whether or not this is a danger or not. So this is part of recognition. but. Do we have to draw a tiger because it looks dangerous? No, that's not the usual case. We don't have to record the knowledge we have. In terms of writing systems, um, for recognition, you see the shape and you immediately, um, in more advanced levels, subconsciously find out what the proposed meaning is. and. Recall is much different if you sit down and you have a sheet of paper in front of you and now you want to write down the kanji for history. Do you still remember it? <laughs> That's very difficult. And meaning to shape, the associated vocabulary and also the pronunciation, you have to recall all those details, including the stroke order. 
really doesn't work. Okay, and I hate ren Rendaku. That's uh, also a very annoying problem with studying Japanese. Um, what you can see here is, um, so the only important part is the white part is pretty much the same. Um, this is a completely different vocabulary, but just because the first kanji is different in these both words, actually the pronunciation of the second um, kanji will change. So here we have omoji, and here we have ichimonji. So we have an N included in the second pronunciation, that's the red character. And yeah. So it's very context-sensitive, and this makes Jap uh, studying Japanese a struggle. Okay, so that's my motivation. Let's study them efficiently in some way, and try to remember it long-term. And yeah, I think I'm in general very bad at memorization. And I always had this in mind, the distinction between learning by doing and learning by heart. So I studied computer science. I totally like sitting down and trying out something. And whatever I have to remember in order to achieve that goal, it sticks to my mind. But if I really have to sit down and, I don't know, study a sequence of items, I don't like that that much. Um, actually, um, Finding out about memorization software made me realize that distinction is not that that strong as I thought, but anyway. Okay, um, I read a few psychology papers and neuroscience papers um, about the whole issue in order to find out what's the motivation um, for spaced um, repetition software. How does it work? Does it really work? Okay. and. That's basically um, an overview over the theory. There are different memorization techniques, and there are, you can see TED Talks about memory masters. They certainly use one of these techniques. Um, we will focus on spaced repetition. Um, road learning in general also means just repeating, repeating, um, often in accordance with pronunciation. Um, because if you pronounce it very often, it's very easy for you to recall it just from your mind without really consciously thinking about the individual vowels and um, consonants. Anyhow, method of Loki is also kind of interesting. It, whatever you want to remember, you should associate it with spatial information from your um, environment you're used to. So think about sitting at home in your room and every item you want to remember, you build a story together with an item in your room. This way you can build up stories much easier and maybe it will stick to your mind much better. Um, interestingly, sleep is also part of this slide. <laughs> okay, um, the first interesting concept we have to discuss is the testing effect. And yeah, recent studies demonstrated that tests positively affect the memory, long-term memory, suggesting that individuals tested for one kind of material with successful recall will better remember this material in the near future. So in that sense, um, testing and testing and testing someone on a specific content makes him um, remember it better. Very simple principle. and. 
this idea is extreme. So this, this effect that occurs if you repeated the test, the exam, um, often is extremely robust and yeah, can be replicated in a lot of studies. Okay. The next thing we will discuss is the forgetting curve. The forgetting curve um, hypothesizes the de decline of, the, of memory retention in time, and I think it's kind of common sense. So at the very beginning, if you, if almost no time um, go, goes by and you are asked the same stuff again, it's very easy to recall it because yeah, short-term memory works, and the longer um, the interval becomes, the more difficult it will be to recall it. And there is some kind of imaginary horizontal line. And if you are below this threshold, you won't be able to recall it. And now the interesting part um, about this um, forgetting curve is, what about revising what the specific item actually was. If we do it again, uh, of course, we will start again at the very top. It will decline again at the very top. And actually, this curve flattens and flattens. So this is what we want to practice, right? Um, we, we begin with, um, with a very bad curve in that sense and flatten it out in order to remember it long term. And should it be, uh, what, what's the interval? Is it hours? Is it days? Is it weeks? Um, it's very, a, a very difficult question to answer, but it's important to point out the specific intervals don't matter that much. You, do, you shouldn't try to find a mathematical model for that or anything um, complex, because in the end, it, learning is something very personal, and if you care about the content more, it's very easy to remember it, but if you are not interested or in a bad mood, yeah, there are a lot of variables and it's very difficult to actually describe the specific intervals. So that's not really easy to answer. These are index cards. Is there someone of you who used it in the last month, in the last 30 days? Anyone? Yes, one person. Okay. <laughs> um, I asked it uh, at the Python user group and somebody said, yeah, really he's studying something. Um, not a student, um, actually. Um, and so he has some content for work he has to remember and he's using index cards. Um, the point is these are kind of cumbersome to some extent and we want a digital version of that. First of all, we are going to talk about the Leitner system. That's also a very interesting psychological um, concept. So the Leitner system works like that. If you want to study something, you write it on index cards and put all of them in the very first box. And then you will make the first review. If you get it correct, it goes to the second box. Otherwise, it stays in the first. And now the point is, in every session, you check all the cards in the first box. Only in every second session, you will check the, the items in the second box. Only every third, in the third box. 
And the final goal is, of course, to get all these cards into the fifth box. So these items at the very beginning will be reviewed very often, whereas these items in the fourth box will be um, reviewed rarely. And the final um, box is the fifth. <coughs> OK. Can we draw a conclusion from all this theory? We talked about um, testing strengthens recall. So if we test a lot, this helps to remember. And we want to flatten the forgetting curve. And r the relative spacing intervals, yeah, not that important. And of course, we want such kind of like lightner system, system in the digital age. And obviously, index cards are difficult to carry with. And everybody has his smartphone in the pocket. So yeah, that would be a more feasible way. Just to point out, the general concept we talk about is spaced repetition. In general, we want to increase the intervals between the um, um, reviews. And spaced repetition is a learning technique that incorporates increasing intervals of time between subsequent review of previously learned material in order to exploit the psychological spacing effect. That's the definition of, the sp of spaced repetition. OK, my next part will be to consider a small custom implementation and discuss the use cases a little bit. Um, a very basic use case is, first of all, you sit down and study it. And don't mix it up with reviews. First of all, you have to understand what you're actually studying. If you're, I don't know, if you're not familiar, familiar with mathematics and try to remember the Banach's fixed point theorem, it will be very difficult. If you don't really understand what's going on here, it's really kind of pointless and you will be disappointed because you will forget the specific details. So at the very beginning, sit down and understand the item. Then extract the items you don't really memorize, but are important in order to understand the whole topic. Then the next step is, OK, for all these items, I want to create the flashcards. One approach would be, OK, are there un any other people interested in the same topic and already created flashcards? Flash Let's use them. Or the other approach is just create your own. And every flashcard has a front and a back side. And the forgetting curve is vaguely ex um, assumed to be reciprocally exponential. Um, so um, the opposite of an um, So the argument of the exponential function inversed. What's also interesting, um, a use, an interesting use case is multimedia. Because if you want to study something like language, Written practice is very nice, but it's also important to really be able to quickly um, recognize what's, um, what the other person said. And so it's very important to actually hear the pronunciation. So whenever you do a review, it's very good to also have the pronunciation with you. 
of course, that's just the audio files. Another use case I'm trying to deal with, I'm not sure it's successful so far, but Aikido is the mars Japanese martial art and videos in order to remember what the technique looks like or what's the sequence of movements, something like this. Okay, and whenever I think about such a topic, I'm, I'm taking the programmer's approach and want to implement it. And a very simple implementation is just use two timestamps. Let's call them T1 and T2. And we offer the user a review. If the condition holds, that um, the second time stamp is later than now. Okay, if the review was successful, then the second, uh, so T1, uh, sorry, T2 becomes the addition of the current timestamp plus the difference of these two timestamps times two. So the interval increases um, by multiplying it with two. Whereas in the unsuccessful way, we have a division by two. So that's an exponential behavior. And that's exactly what we want to achieve. And yeah, these are really just a few lines of Python, but already implement what we want to do. By the way, Anki itself is a Python software. That's why I chose Python <laughs> in order to illustrate that. Um, okay, um, let's talk about more advanced use cases. <clears throat> so you have this review function we just implemented ourselves, but is it perfect? Well, what about weekends? Do you study on weekends or not? That's to some extent the user's choice, right? Maybe you want to make a review function which says like ignore weekends, there you have a break in the review function and yeah, just don't consider the time in the weekend. Also, um, sometimes it helps, like you split uh, an item, which is a sequence of elements, and uh, the, the items are, uh, the flashcards are built in that sense that you take the first flashcards and it guides you to the second item, the second item guides you to the third, and so on and so forth, so it's a sequence, and do you want to mix it up? Do you want to make it in sequence? That's also something the user should be able to customize. That's also kind of neat if you can do that. Mnemonics. I think that's a so, um, so much a funny word in German, right? Because if we translate it literally, it's a, a donkey bridge. <laughs> when I explained that for the first time for Japanese people, <laughs> yeah. Funny. Um, anyway, mnemonics. Um, so it's kind of like, it might act like a hint. So you're reviewing, hmm, you don't really remember, but probably you can use a hint or anything like that. Um, for kanji, it's very common that you take the shape of the kanji and yeah, consider any natural objects or anything like that associated with that and then you make an action out of it. Um, so the, the more com complex kanji are just an 
action operating on those objects, something like this. And the individual items are mnemonic themselves, in that sense. Um, in general, mnemonics are very personal. I think it's very difficult to study the mnemonics of another person, because often you associate um, things differently than the other person. But yeah, it should be possible to specify a mnemonic as a hint if you can't um, recall an item. Also interesting use case, if you have dependencies, I only want to review a certain flashcard. Once another flashcard has already reached a certain box in the Lightner system. <laughs> and also important for writing systems, if you, if you want to um, practice kanji, it's of course nice to see the kanji and write down its meaning or anything like that, but the really difficult part is recalling. So you have written down, for example, a word in hiragana and now you want to, to write it down in kanji and now you want to draw it seriously. So it would be nice to have like a whiteboard and draw it. And that's actually possible with Anki. Um, some, some spaced repetition software um, takes the solution, which is a user input, like a text, the user inputs some text, and whatever you submit will directly reflect whether or not you've been successful or not. Anki takes a different approach. It lets you decide was it okay or not. But some software immediately judges you was it okay or not. And what about um, typos, spelling mistakes or whatever, just because you are currently in a bad mood, that would, um, <coughs> even though you know, even though you knew the solution, um, you would get um, a bad grade in that sense in the review function. And of course, sometimes we just don't want to review this particular flashcard and delay it a little bit for later. Also nice, put cards in a hierarchical structure because, yeah, let's say we have mathematics and then you have calculus and then you have some other um, topology part or whatever. Often knowledge is organized in hierarchical structures. Um, personalize your flashcards. That's my um, suggestion for you in that sense that even if you take flashcards from another person, personalize them because um, I mentioned previously, <coughs> often you, see, you associate um, items differently than the other person. So it would be good if you, for example, um, have the kanji for the sun, if you really draw the horizon and imagine it with that way, it will, um, it will tie the character to your um, mnemonic really good. So personalize the cards once you get them, because this might um, increase your recall performance. And some other use cases, let's be a 
bit more quick on this one. Um, speed up factor based on the difficulty of the question. Some questions are more difficult and some others are not. And yeah, uh, implement a speed up factor for easy, uh, higher speed up for easy um, flashcards and a low speed up factor for difficult ones. Um, sometimes you just have the time to review a few items, but you don't want to have it in your regular schedule for reviews and you want to study it independently of that schedule because you're waiting for the bus. Um, flip the front and the back side of the um, flashcards. That's also kind of interesting. And yeah, often we have multi-device use cases. We want to synchronize it with a server. What is my current performance and when will my next reviews be? And you want to use this data from another device. A night mode, some people do the reviews right before going to sleep and it would be very bad to look at the white screen. And yeah, backups. Closes is a very interesting um, terminology. Um, it's a structure like this. Python was designed in and there is some part left out. That's a close. And the correct answer will be shown afterwards. Also interesting, gamification. Yay, I reached level 42, of course. And, <laughs> and yeah, I want to show it to my peers and want to compete with them. Okay, so there are a few items. Oops. Um, this is just a subset of the list from SuperMemo, which is kind of a yeah, earlier software from a Polish guy who did this as part of his PhD thesis, the SuperMemo software. And he wrote down 20 rules how you should define your, how you should design your flashcard. As I said before, learn before trying to memorize it. You really need to understand the content and stick to the minimum information principle. Okay, it's nice if you have a keyword and then, yeah, have a very long description for it, but it will be very difficult to, to recall that long description. So stick to a minimum um, set of information you want to recall. Use multimedia. Even if it's not languages and pronunciation, if you hear the actual solution, it might also help you to recall it. Avoid sets and enumerations. That's just something which is very difficult for our brains to remember. And put context in there. Put, um, so sometimes you just, at least uh, it happened to me. I designed flashcards in a way I'm looking at the question. I really don't know what it's, it actually looks for, which kind of format or style the answer should be, because I can't just remember how I designed that flashcard. So put it into some context in order to know what you're actually looking for and what you're dealing with. And optimize wording, make it concise in that sense. And that's just my personal <laughs> list. Um, put the effort into studying. Yeah, well, that's such a problem <laughs> of mine. I'm always so much about Let's make this beautiful and the layout correct and so because I have mathematical notation, for example, for my um, flashcards in mathematics 
And yeah, I'm just not spending the time on reviews, but rather designing the flashcards. Yeah, very bad practice. And also what happens to beginners of Anki, um, don't, do, don't do too much reviews per day. So about 200 reviews per day is already very much, I think, because you sit down for one review quite some time sometimes. And discipline is important. If you are not the disciplined person in general, it's very difficult to, um, to practice it regularly. There are also some competitors to Anki, but Anki is really the most important representative of free libre open source software and SuperMemo is the original version in my opinion to some extent outdated or the interface is rather yeah not up to date that much um, Nemo sign is up to date and well designed but it just doesn't attract that much people so far like Anki that's a really interesting competitor um, any memo is another, yeah, it's, it sometimes takes a little bit different approaches than Anki and in general is not that popular. Anyhow, um, these are proprietary um, um, competitors and Vanikani is, for example, one I spend quite some time. It focuses on kanji, the Japanese script. Okay. So Anki, Anki Droid and Anki Web, these are the three software, um, software, yeah, the one is actually a web um, uh, platform and the other ones are pieces of software. Okay, Anki, <laughs> as you might find out, is actually the Japanese word for memorization. <laughs> so actually the original author seemed to have kind of a similar uh, use case, I guess, maybe not, but um, would be um, obvious. Okay, um, Anki means memorization in Japanese. And Anki has the advantage, it's very mature. If you use the software, it doesn't um, crash or anything like that, and all the usual workflows are really programmed very well. It's maintained since 2006, so in some sense, in um, it's kind of an old piece of software, but yeah, they really improved it continuously, so I consider it as really mature software. And it covers um, almost all use cases mentioned before. Um, oh, the footnote is on the next slide, I guess. And the underlying representation technologies are HTML and CSS. So if you're familiar with HTML and CSS, you can easily configure the colors and so on and so forth. And in general, the usual, the suggested workflow in order to write uh, a whole bunch of flashcards is to import it from CSV. There you can explicitly define, I, was, I want to interpret the HTML contained in the CSV or not, just as text, uh, as pl plain text. And Anki itself uses apkkg files and these contain the flashcards. It's just a zip archive and it's an SQL3 database and 
also the media files are stored in this zip archive. Okay, and what's the distinction between Anki, Anki Droid, and Anki Web? Anki is the desktop client. Anki Droid is the Android client, and those are the free Libre open source software parts. That's why I'm presenting it here. And Anki Web is just a synchronization server. You can actually run your own. There are some custom implementations. Um, to be honest, I didn't try it out, but wouldn't be very difficult to implement, I guess. And the business model of this project is the iOS client is um, commercial and you have to pay a small amount of money for it. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, and Anki has some review function, and I will be honest, it's very complicated. Yeah, so my Python implementation was neat and sweet to present, but discussing the review function of Anki, yeah, it's very difficult, and some parameters are not properly documented in that sense, because the developer doesn't want you to um, to write the database yourself. Only the Anki software is supposed to write it, and so he doesn't see the necess necessity in order to in document it properly. Okay, But in general, what we can say about the review function is that it's day-based. So you're supposed to do a review once per day, um, check all your flashcards, and then you're done for today, and tomorrow you, you are supposed to continue. Okay, and a bunch of other Anki or spaced repetition software terminology. To bury a card means hide a card or all of the notes cards from review until the next day. So just for today, ignore it. Suspend card. Um, it really says, okay, I want to suspend this card. Don't make any review. I won't do any reviews for it unless I explicitly tell the software, unsuspend it and give it back to me again. And leeches are kind of the pain in the asses of the reviews. <laughs> and these are the cards you just can't remember. It's interesting to use some statistical um, model in order to find out what your leeches are once you have done a lot of reviews. Okay, and in the following, there are there are some media files I have with me, um, which just should illustrate if the functionality of Anki, and then we're kind of done. That's the menu of the Android client, and the first media file I will show you is how to e uh, create a very simple flashcard. So I will call my deck syscores <laughs> in order to study Linux um, syscores. Here I have to set the deck is actually the syscores deck. And on the front side, I want to have alloc, <laughs> which is a syscore. And then I want to recall what's the meaning of that. And that's a syscall I learned yesterday about in the containers workshop. 
that's why I put it in there. Okay, and now you, this is the set of decks, currently only the syscores deck, and there is one item. Um, sorry, is it already the next one? Cannot distinguish, no, this one should be. Okay, um, you can also get a shared deck, so you will um, see the Anki web, web page, and then we'll go to geography. There are some classified decks. And the Japanese prefectures. Okay, sounds nice. Yeah. Yes, Anki web is public, a public repository of um, flashcards. And there is a specific version, which is a specific separation between the private area only you can see and decks you published and share with others. Yeah, so I imported it and now I can see the deck as part here. If you publish your deck on your own, you can set a title, a description, and it will um, show it will show some um, sample samples and Actually, it's not limited to only a front and a back side. You can actually define an arbitrary number of columns if you consider it as a database. And you can click on the download button to download it or just um, if you decide you don't want to publish it anymore to remove the deck. Um, Important is also the distinction between the three colors. Blue means new cards. So I have in these decks, I have 20 new cards to study. Um, that's actually the default setting. Study 20 new cards per day. That's the default setting. And the green color means, okay, you did fine last time, but now it's really time to review it again. And if you did bad and just don't have the time to continue the review, then it will be marked as learn it really now. You should really study it right now. Okay, and anything else? Yeah, here you can see um, the different colors here on the interface. And that's the review. Um, interface of Anki, not the Android client, but the desktop version. Here you have the again, good or easy buttons. So you can decide, usually you should click on good. That's the average case. And if you did, uh, you record it, if you didn't record it or very bad, you should click again. Or if it was very easy, just click easy. And there is also a card browser if you're um, if you want to search for flashcards, and that's that's supposed to illustrate. I'm typing some Japanese, and I'm want to. So on the Anki Droid interface, you have also these three buttons. And what's also interesting is that you can take the user input, and it will show you the difference from the actual input. So actually, I wrote down the kanji here, and I'm supposed to enter the the hiragana. Yeah. And finally, that's an that's sadly a really terrible quality. But here I take a very simple CSV file. I choose which deck it should be assigned to. That's the test deck. 
And here I can say allow HTML in field if you want to interpret if you want to interpret um, HTML from the CSV file, and then it will occur in the test deck. Yeah, study now. Now we can see hello. And currently, I can I configure it in a way that I'm supposed to type in the answer. Okay, and finally, that just shows you a small issue which is really difficult to uh, solve. This is LaTeX input. You can specify LaTeX, and it will, in general, generate the corresponding PNG showing the equation. But it's not possible on an Android because you you're supposed to ship tech with it, and that's not really feasible. So, if you if you're on an Android client and create um, some flashcard with LaTeX in it, you actually get just a missing image in the that's supposed to come at the very end. Sorry, um, it just shows you a missing image symbol instead of the equation. Okay, and let's make a conclusion. You can use it for various memorization use cases. Languages is really the typical one, or medicine students also use it. Um, I'm experimenting with mathematics because I'm, ma I'm a mathematics student right now. So identities, equation, theorem, proofs, how to write that down in flashcards. And for the people here at Linux Tage, how about LaTeX commands or top-level domains corresponding to countries, port numbers to service names? These are kind of funny memorization use cases, I guess. Would be interesting to see um, um, people with um, how people experienced um, studying this. Okay, and if you don't care about whatever I said, yeah, just a general advice, just do a small exercise every day to acquire a new skill. That's in general very interesting to experiment with. And as, as far as I'm concerned, I was able to study Japanese with the power of free open source software. That's nice. Thank you very much. Anki is awesome. And thanks for being here. Feel free to give feedback in the form. Yeah? Yes. Uh, there are plugins for it. Yes. Yes. I tried to take the template of a plugin and just run it. It works, but <laughs> I didn't write my own plugin so far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there a light? I guess that's the mute button. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Very interesting to discuss it in a Python user group, for example. Yeah. Okay. 
Any other quick question? Because I guess I'm over time. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, so the question is, should we do the reviews only in one category or knowledge, topic of knowledge, or is it okay to mix it up? In general, I really think you can mix it up. So I, so I did it with Aikido and with you know, all the Japanese stuff, including vocabulary and kanji and, um, and these use cases. And right now I'm more into mathematics and trying to find out how to write them down. I really don't think mixing up is a problem. It's more about how can you make, write down mathematical stuff in a very concise way because yeah, if you're very formal, it becomes very lengthy. That's more my problem. I really think mixing up is not the problem. Um, to some extent, I have a deck. I'm fine with the level I achieved, and then I delete the deck, or just store it on the server, but listen and delete it locally or export it, whatever, and continue with a completely new deck in a different area. So, in order to maintain your number of reviews, yeah, you have to sometimes delete decks or, yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 That's also true. Mm -hmm. Okay. Quick question, please. Yeah. Um, okay, the question I think was um, if you're studying languages, it's not only about vocabulary but also other stuff like declinations or anything like that. But in some way, that's really the representation issue, I think. How can you represent an, a question and an answer? I totally think you can do it. And in Anki, you can draw, you can um, play audio files, and so on and so forth. So it's just a question, how do you represent it, I think. Um, I'm really sorry, but um, I'm really over time now. <laughs> so thank you very much. Peace and joy.